I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the midweek footsie where we play with the feet of your mind. I like saying that. <laughs> it's one that keeps going up in I wish my head. This <laughs> <laughs> um, in the midweek footsie we talk about something slightly different. Where we usually answer. Uh, a question from somebody who's asked it from either the podcast, uh, the YouTube channel, or the uh, 2000 member free Discord that we've, we all three of us uh, frequent, and these guys are the mods on as well. Um, but we were going to say, like, everyone in the Discord, if you've got any questions to ask on the midweek foot, see, we take the questions from the Discord as well. So, um, Get yourselves asking on there, anybody who's listening. I'm sure the little ding notification when this thing comes up every Wednesday uh, satisfies everyone in that room. Um, <laughs> I'm just kind of rambling. Right, what's the question this week? Can you, one of you guys put it out there? So the question is, uh, it came from Plus Aerobic, and the question was essentially, um, what do we use for researching, finding stocks, uh, looking at financials? I think uh, Plus was looking for information about um, how we screen for stocks or how we get ideas and, and then how we sort of get those ideas actually into something a little bit more formal. So I think, Steve, you were going to kick us off. So what have you got and in what category? Sure. Okay. Well, I'll start off by talking about a website then that I use, and it's the website that I use partly for uh, looking at some very quick data to do with stocks, but partly for screening. Uh, the website's Finviz, so uh, they have a quite a nice screener where you can select things that you like the look of and want to select for. Um, so if you're like me and you like screening for something like a quality filter, you can choose your preferred return on assets, return on equity. Um, various bits of growth and so on and so forth, uh, and you like screening in some way for value, you can try to uh, pick a metric for that that you like, um, and it will come up with lots and lots of different uh, equities from mostly listed on the US markets, so it's not particularly great for looking into things that don't at least have a US ADR, um, but that's a website I use quite a lot for setting up initial screeners, and then you can go off and do your digging uh, based on what you find there. Is uh, Finviz free or is it um, paid for? There is something you can pay for, but I don't. Um, and I don't think anyone else does and I use their thing. So the stuff that I use is free. It also has the very nice heat map that a lot of people on the Discord see. So when you see uh, the map of all the sectors and the kind of largest companies and some of them are red and some of them are green and some of them are more red and some of them are more green every day, uh, that's from Finviz, at least I think it is. They're, they certainly have a heat map it is, yeah. a lot like that one. Yeah, it is. Uh, so, are we all we all doing sort of a stock screener? Do your website first, Paul. What's your what's your favourite website I use? Oh well, I don't think this is going to surprise anyone. Then is it? Uh, my favourite website is of course Fastgraphs because it's got pretty much everything. The only downside, and it was a question I'm probably going to ask you at the end here, is 
would you pay for any stock screeners or any sort of do you think it's worth it to pay for these these stock picking and stock analytic tools out there not particularly um they certainly don't interest me to pay for any of them at the moment i think um the the problem i've got with most of them is that they're very very expensive or on the flip side they're very very limited i think the issue with stock screeners that I tend to have is that they've got a limited number of inputs. So if you're looking for something specific or you have to value something very specific, it can be quite difficult to, to actually do it. One of the ones that does do it quite well is Finviz, and it was on my list and Steve stole on it. Um, another one that's really good for if you want to get a data feed into um, into an Excel spreadsheet is obviously Google Finance. That's another really good one, and that's completely free um, and you can get that to do all sorts of really funky things especially if you hook it up to Finbox which is um, another one that you may or may not have come across um, you can get a few feeds in for free uh, after a while they do uh, they do want to start to charge you for it as is their the quality of their data but um, yeah that's one of the ones that I I really like I mean I think we probably also use Yahoo Finance here as well I think they've got some pretty reliable numbers and uh, they're good to really well set out especially on the phone just to quickly have a quick scout around and and uh, see the bits you want to see yeah so back to fastgrass fastgrass is the one that i use on my youtube channel i find it's very very easy to show people basic really basic discounted cash flow analysis and fastgrass has got a screener on it it's got uh what's well, got fungrass which is the funda fundamental analysis tool and that shows you all of the uh different metrics for a company and and its revenue cash flow everything like that all in nice little graphs and then obviously we've got the buy below the line uh graphs as well which is uh they're, they're essentially um discount discounted cash flow uh uh, calculations where you could just very easily see uh, if your company is below what is accepted as traditional undervalued or overvalued. The reason I use it though is obviously for my YouTube channel. I used to do the discounted cash flow uh, models myself, particularly Sven Carlin's one was very, very good and very easy to use as well. Um, but I just found this was very nice for me to use on YouTube. And because uh, I don't make a ton of money on YouTube, but I made a little bit, I decided to buy uh, the, the subscriptions to it because I felt that I could um, capitalize that on as well. But I don't think I would buy it if I was a standard investor. And that's where I was kind of getting to here is I use it as a tool to try and help people and show people um what you know in a very basic way and a very colorful way how how discounted cash flow modeling works and quantitative research works uh but i don't think i'd i i just don't think i'd own it if i was just my you know my own investor self you know well you technically are now paul you haven't released a video in about eight years no that's true <laughs> that's true that's true i'm just kind of <laughs> yeah i'm just kind of uh Take it, taking some time off making the video uh, uh, at the moment. Um, but there will be one coming out very, very soon. I've been looking at Discovery today, so uh, <laughs> that, that's that's coming up next. Um, you got any others? 
Um, podcasts is probably next up on our list. We, I think we all listen to podcasts here, so go on and see, because I've got a list. Well, okay, well, so I, if I, I lead th- out on... Oh, sorry, Ron Paul. I, I, sorry, I think I just wanted to mention Morningstar, because we've got a subscription for that between the three of us as well. And uh, I use that. I don't know how if, if you guys use that or how you guys use that, but for any of the big market cap stocks or any of the really popular stocks, they have a very detailed qualitative analysis uh, section in there. And uh, I first picked it up when I started seeing other YouTubers. Um, they, they would always tell me, there'd always be a lot of detail in there. And I'd watch some people's YouTube videos and I'd go, that's a, that's a lot of qualitative detail that uh, they've kind of pulled out of the ass there. And I'd often go to Morningstar and I'd have a look on Morningstar and it would almost be word for word. They were kind of copying off the Morningstar analysis. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that just gave me an idea and I went, well, I might just have a look at these guys then. And you, you can, you can develop whatever you will from it. But for the large caps and stuff like that, the, the stock analysis is really, really good and very impartial as well. I must say, um, so yeah, I just wanted to point out Morningstar on that one as well. Again, they also have a really excellent screener too. Uh, if yeah, they do. It. It's not the most user-friendly thing in the world, but it's pretty powerful. Yeah, uh, again, it costs a lot of money, and we, I, I, kind of bought it for the, for the Discord guys just to just to kind of have a look at. Um, but yeah, it, again, would I own it if if I if we did we weren't in the position we are in right now? Pro- probably not. I suppose but it's great reads. They are great reads. I suppose honourable mentions to Genuine Impact and Simply Wall Street as well. I guess we've all had a go at trying to use them at some point. Um, I mm. think Genuine Impact is okay. I don't really like the idea that they, the, of the way they score things. I would sooner just see the actual numbers, uh, which is why I prefer Simply Wall Street as a screener. But then Simply Wall Street's data and, and figures and uh, especially its valuations seem to be way out. Um, so I would tend to skip those parts of it, but, um, at the risk of, um, you know, not losing a potential sponsor, uh, we will add them to in the, uh, into the honorable mentions. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll speak about genuine impact. I have, I've actually contacted genuine impact and said to them, where's the fucking numbers guys? Because the, it's, it's not even option or it wasn't an option to get the numbers, but they did very recently add, um, PE ratios and price to sales ratios and things in there, the, the and kind of show you how their um, how their they're scoring their system. And it is if if yeah, it's a really good lazy way of um, of finding what we would suggest as undervalued quantitatively anyway, undervalued stocks. And I do like genuine impact. I just it's never my go to at the moment. And that's a bit of a shame. Uh, I feel like that's a bit of a shame. It's on my, it's on my phone, and I'll have a look when I'm, whenever I'm checking out new stocks. But yeah, it's not the one I go to, which is uh, just a bit annoying. Just a bit annoying. Okay. Podcasts. <laughs> okay, if I lead us out on podcasts then for a moment. Sure. Um, Paul mentioned Sven's spreadsheet, which is something that I use quite a bit. Here's the limiting factor on that spreadsheet. It's very, very good, by the way. It's as good as any that I've seen, but it is as good for calculating value as the assumptions you put into it. Uh, Garbage in, garbage out, basically. Uh, So one of the most effective things that you can try to do, uh, and maybe you can or can't move the needle very far on this, is try and prevent yourself from putting garbage in and just make some sort of improvement into the quality of what you're putting in 
uh, and the Motley Fool stuff uh, that I listen to is really excellent in helping me for that. What they don't do very much of is attempting to value pretty much anything. Uh, they nearly never tell you much about what price they think this should be a buy at. They tell you a lot about companies, though, and they tell you a lot about how they work, and they tell you a lot about why they might be uh, promising things, and they've been through all of the kind of uh, statements and releases and so on, and they are usually well on top of everything here. Uh, they have views that uh, uh, you can take or leave and so on, but in terms of figuring out how things work at the kind of story level in a way that means that you can be slightly more credible when you type a number into your spend sheet, um, rather than just saying something like, wow, look, it's a big company, it can't really grow, and a company this size should trade on a PE of about 10 or something. Uh, you can at least give yourself something to try and back that up with and help yourself on it. So uh, The Motley Fool uh, is the podcast series I listen to the most. Do they not provide price, uh, you know, price targets and things like that? Mainly because when they talk about their stocks, they, they don't really care what the value is. That's the big Motley Fool thing is, right? I they think they're right really about care. that. I think their idea is to find a company that's good, it's going to grow, and well, if the stock's ahead now, who cares? You're going to hold it for 10 years and keep holding it, and it will get through there uh, because it will grow through that. And if you aim for something that's going to eight-bag and you miss and hit something that's going to six-bag, oh, well, uh, we'll live with being out by a factor of um, whatever that is, down by a quarter from what you thought. Uh, mm. they're not going to get too fussed over the kind of nth percent on these sorts of things and just think, look, if this has got the kind of tailwind behind it we think it has, it really doesn't matter whether it's 100 or 120 or 150. Part, Go and buy it. Part of the principle is that the stock is overvalued um, from people, uh, from from general minds that they respect. If somebody's telling them the stock's overvalued, immediately they're going, I'm going to have a look at that. Um, mm. So really for them to throw out a valuation for you would be would be strange i think it probably wouldn't fit the ethos um mm. generally uh, when you listen to david gardner speak he doesn't even know an awful lot about the companies he's almost like the um the guy from the the simpsons you know he's like i'm here to lead not to read he just sort of you give him three files and he goes spotify <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I heard him saying that. He said something about his being like a, an inch deep and a mile wide or something like that, which mm. reminded me of other activities that I get up to. But um... <laughs> it's uh, uh, You're not building a very good picture of a guy that has returned like 90% a year or something like that. He's going to beat us with his screener thing. Who the, uh, sorry, his sampler thing. Who the hell cares? Most of his are already in the red, and he's going to kill us with Axon while we're the rest of us the, the put thing up 30% is, or something. With David Gardner, he tells you an awful lot, but you understand so little. You, he can tell you exactly what his process is, and out the back of it, you think, there is absolutely nothing here that I can use. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? In the same way, like, in Sven will teach you how to value a company, how to look for value, and then will give you something that you can go and take away and apply. With David Gardner, it's really, really difficult because part of you still thinks, you've got all of these rules, but have you got these rules because you've been really, really successful and you've tried to sort of drill down on what it is that's made you successful? Do you know what I mean? Or, or do you actually have a process that works? And, and I guess he would tell you he has a process that works, but we're going to see that, aren't we? Because he's not picking stocks anymore, and now we're going to see how the Motley Fool does. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a good way. These rule breaker rules are now not him anymore. There, there is the underlings now, aren't they? And um, hmm. it'd be good to see if they, they can be applied to other people. I, I suppose, or other people can use them as way as well as he did, or does. 
you have a podcast, Paul, that you listen to a lot? Oh, um, there's a there's a few. I've got them written down here. Um, Industry Focus, uh, that's Motley Fool, so there's one. Uh, for Your Innovation, that's the Ark, in, uh, the Ark Innovation one. For Your Innovation. I do love to listen to them. They get not necessarily because of what they're saying about the valuations of the companies, but they get really interesting guests on that, uh, that know a lot about different spaces. Um particular fintech one uh when they when they talk about different fintech companies um the you know their analysis on the addressable markets in brazil and uh and africa and things like that they're they're really uh really good on i think the one i'll pick out and it, and i think you guys will know which one i'm going to pick out here is a uh, prof g just because it's so entertaining i find that guy he's very opinionated and i don't agree with all of his opinions i don't agree with many of his opinions very often but he's very very entertaining he's very very funny and he does give you uh an opinion on certain industries and certain stocks so the prof galloway podcast the prof g podcast uh very very entertaining he he, ans- he answers a lot of questions midweek as well often about business and um growing yourself as a person as well and i like that he talks about that as well so yeah I'll, it probably doesn't surprise you guys that uh i'll pick that one at the top a very entertaining podcast okay well i'm gonna go for the three the three Motley Fool podcasts that I usually listen to, which is Rule Breakers, Industry Focus, and Market Foolery. I think they're my three favourites out of those. Uh, I'm going to give an honourable mention to Pounding the Table, which I do quite like to listen to, uh, <laughs> in that they do make me quite angry because I think they're very successful people who um, don't always know an awful lot about the stocks that they're picking. Uh, and the other one I really like, uh, and it's a fairly new podcast that I've started listening to, is Business Breakdowns. And they basically get an expert on and uh, they they try and break down, uh, it's usually two or three of them on at a time, they try and break down a really um, sort of big complex company. So they've done things like Next Era was the most recent one. I'm just looking down now, Novacure, uh, Amazon, HelloFresh, MongoDB was a really interesting one because it helped me understand the difference between why would you buy MongoDB when Oracle is such a big database company. Guy explains it in in ways that you know an idiot like me could understand. So yeah, really interesting podcast. I really like it, um, and it's it's very entertaining. <laughs> I not not heard of that breaking uh, breaking down businesses uh, podcast. I, I need to get that one on my list. But pounding the table, uh, I didn't know if you were going to mention pounding the table. Uh, we should have probably been. Should we be a bit more more like pounding a table? Should we bring this podcast to be a bit more like that and? Uh, because we could have done that with you last year. We could have been going like, "Hey, Steve, you have been killing in the markets this year. You have yeah. been, you're sixty, you're a hundred percent up on Teladoc. You're two hundred percent up on Silvergate Capital. How do you do it, man? Explain to the people how you do it. Two hundred percent. That rookie numbers. <laughs> how much are you up on Silvergate Capital now? I was up four hundred and fifty percent at the highest. Uh, oh man, you're killing the markets. What's your strategy? What do you know about yeah. it? Tell the like people, man. Life capital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, if you if you really never like listen to them, I just taking the piss out of them. I think there's, uh, there's a no. lot more charm about them. <laughs> oh, oh, definitely. And and like I get addicted to them sometimes. I I think their analysis is a bit off. Mm. Um, does very good uh, Nvidia analysis, I think. But the the others. 
I'm just not sure. I feel like he's reading it from somewhere, and and yeah. and, and he's and he's either been very very smart or very very lucky. Uh, you can leave that up to everyone, but. Yeah, since the stock market went down and all the ARK innovation went down, they started turning to crypto a yeah. lot. And and yeah, it feel like yeah, Panda Table. We do love, we do love them. We just yeah, it's just a bit. Yeah, <laughs> they they definitely like to tell you how good they are. That's that's one of the things, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so what what was next on the list? So I think the next we, one is really because we're, gonna... we're getting up to twenty minutes, so we'll have to do it as a wild card round. So any any other any other business. <laughs> Good. Uh, I'm glad it's a wild card round because I thought it was going to be Twitter and I don't follow anyone on Twitter that's not called Parrot Patel or you, Steve. <laughs> um, so I will make a quick plug for something called Finimize, um, which appears in my email inbox every morning. It's a little bit like Morning Brew that Steve mentioned on, I think, one of the longer form podcasts. They give you a nice overview of some of the big stories in the markets. Uh, just a quick sort of five minute read of what's been going on. Uh, that's quite a nice way to stay on top of things and just have a feel for anything that might be catching your eye, giving you ideas, that sort of thing. Paul? Uh, I was going to ask you who you got on Twitter. I want to know. Uh, so the the two I was going to mention who are my favourites on Twitter is From Growth to Value. Um, he runs the Potential Multibagger series on uh, Seeking Alpha and does really good write-ups. I think I've sent Steve a couple of them recently, one on Pinterest. I don't know if you ever got a chance to flick through it. Really interesting, really understands businesses, really spells them out to you where you can understand. The other one I really like on Twitter is um, Market Rebellion, um, mainly because they give you really, really quick information on earnings and things like that. Um, a lot of the stuff that they tweet out is pretty crap, but on earnings night, um, you can just quickly look at them and they'll give you the EPS, the revenues, the beats, what they've lost on, blah, 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 blah. And it's a really good follow. I just wanted to quickly mention Morning Brew again because I think that's probably one of our favourite things to read as a three. It's very interesting. Um, unfortunately, they will not ship me my mug though because I've referred 10 people and they don't ship to the UK. So fuck Morning Brew. Oh, bastards. Absolute <laughs> bastards. Uh, I've seen uh, a couple on uh, Twitter. Uh, I think one you'll have known is uh, Terra Farmer. He was quite <laughs> good, wasn't he? He talks. He very uh, interested in the early stage uh, medical uh, companies. Ten uh, K Diver was a good one to follow on Twitter, and of course Feroldi. Like who doesn't who doesn't follow Feroldi on Twitter? He's, <laughs> he puts out loads of little. Uh, he puts a lot of inspirational stuff out. Not really anything to do with uh, stocks as such, but it's just very inspirational. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's our. That's kind of where we get our inspiration and our guide. You know, our analysis and stuff from. It's it's very very personal, I think, and I think it's. Um, it also depends on how big your wallet are. What what a lot of people ask me all the time, like. Do do you think I should buy fast graphs? Do you think I should buy Morningstar? Do you think I should buy uh, buy into this? Generally, I think the answer is no. I think you can educate yourself first, and then if you're finding because you've got to consider the you've got to consider the payoff here. It, a lot of people are only making you know four, five, six percent a year on their stock picks. If you're spending five hundred quid a year on analysis uh equipment to only gain 200 two or 300 quid in gains every year then you, there's there's a mismatch there and you, you need to worry about you need to start worrying about analyzing stocks yourself there there's i th i think we'll all agree that there's no simple answer here there are a lot of things that can help you but there's also a lot of free stuff out there that can that can help you as well um 
and a lot of people kind of like myself that have you know over the year became become in a privileged position and i thought you know we could i could help people with by buying some of these things that's that's kind of what they're using it for and um you can do it yourself i don't know if you guys agree or disagree on that one but i just thought i just want to let people know that paying for stuff like this as a normal retail investor probably isn't going to pay off it's very unlikely to pay off especially when you're playing with very small money as well the, the thing is is that it's just, it all goes back to what steve originally said isn't it even with a screener if you put shit in you're going to get shit out um you need to know what you know how to control the inputs really to get the right information out the back of it so generally that's that's the idea with anything that you would pay for yeah thank you very much guys for listening to the midweek footsie hope that was very helpful and of course on the discord ask the questions on the youtube comments please feel free to ask some questions and uh, we'll see you next week i'm amazed how many people own stocks I'm amazed how many people own stocks. The sucker's going up.